You're listening to the weekly podcast of Cayo, the youth ministry of the Father's House in Owensboro, Kentucky. Cayo is a healthy home for teens who are loved like family as sons and daughters that embrace their kingdom identity and purpose to change the world. At Cayo, your home. Jump straight in. Father, we thank you. Praise you. You're welcome in this place. Have your way in our hearts. God, no matter what we think, no matter what we say, no matter what we do, no matter whether or not, Lord, when we walked in those doors, we did not, we came in here not even wanting you, not even thinking about you. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would make your presence known no matter what happens. Lord, that you would speak through me. Lord, that you would speak however you want and just have your complete way in our hearts, in our lives, in every way. Mm. low Father may we be low low and humble in heart that we would be low that we would be humble that we would be teachable that we would be open to all of the things that the creator of the universe has for us thank you Lord in Jesus name everybody said amen Well, last week was the launch part one, and we learned that we are not of this world. Look to your neighbor and say, you are not of this world. Look to your other neighbor and say, you are not of this world. We're not of this world. Philippians 3.20 says, we are a colony, a citizenship of heaven on earth. As we cling tightly to our life giver, the Lord Jesus We are citizens of heaven here on earth. And last week we learned that the world will hate us because we belong to Jesus. In case you missed it, listen to the podcast. What podcast? It's out there. Let me repeat that. The world will hate you because you belong to Jesus. But... I also said, fear not, because greater is he that lives in you than he who lives in the world. Who's that? It's the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. He lives inside you. He's greater than anything the world offers. But Pastor Darrell, I love the world. Not everything in the world is bad. The Bible says very clearly that you have the freedom to choose in Christ. You have the freedom to choose whatever you want, but not everything is good and beneficial to you. Everybody say, not everything's good for me. Those Cheetos late at night for the last year are eventually going to stick to your hips, folks. Your metabolism is great now, but eventually it's going to catch up with you. Those late night Mountain Dews and those coffees, that's the reason why you're staying up late at night. Looking at your phone, watching TikToks, no offense. I understand there's some interesting stuff online, but the reason why you're losing sleep is because you're looking at your phone constantly. It's not about the content. It's about the light. Long story short, somebody's losing sleep in here. Father, we pray, Lord, they get sweet rest in Jesus' name. Everybody say, not of this world. Here's the thing, for every launch, for every launch, there's a mission. There's a mission. Everybody say, there's a mission. Every mission has a plan. Every launch has a plan. Every mission has coordinates, a map, a trajectory, teams of people to help navigate the command module, to help navigate the shuttle. I did some research about how NASA NASA operates, and there's all these teams of people ready. 
constantly observing, constantly watching, constantly paying attention to these minute, small details so they can make an adjustment for where the, the, the shuttle is going to move or the command modules. That's where like everybody's sitting in, but the, where the astronauts are sitting, kind of like the cockpit if it helps you. But they have only so much fuel they can carry up with them. And they have to be very strategic on how and where they move and when to get to their destination. Guys, you are on a mission, and the mission is real. You are on a mission, and the mission is real. High school seniors, you are on a mission, and the mission is real. My dad passed away in 2017. My dad passed away at 73 years old. And I remember in the middle of all the grieving and all the, you know, just all of the busyness, whenever, like to me, funerals are family reunions. Hey, I haven't seen you in years. It takes a death to bring people together sometimes. Sadly, right? But I remember the Lord speaking to me very clearly. He says, time is short, but the mission is real. And what the Lord was saying to me in that moment is like, Daryl, it's time to do what you're called to do because time is short and the mission is real. I've given you an assignment and it's real, but time is short. Hey guys, you've been given an assignment by God, the King of, by Jesus, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Son of God. You have a mission. You have an assignment. The King, our Heavenly Father. The God of miracles has given you a mission and given you an assignment. Your life is not worthless. It is not aimless. You have a kingdom purpose and a kingdom identity that only you have and only you, only you can do this mission. Only you can, out, can uh, perform this assignment. Only you. John 6 you say, Pastor Darrell, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Can I give you a verse that I discovered when I was right after I graduated college? After going to college and my whole life building up to that point, God, what am I supposed to do with my life? Now, you could go work at Taco Bell today and make 15 bucks an hour. I used to work at a bank and I made $12 an hour. I only wonder what they're paying today. <laughs> I wonder. 20? Who knows? But they paid $12 an hour. That was pretty good money back then. But I was miserable. I was restless. I was like, this is all my life is supposed to be. I go to school. I graduate college. Now what? I get married and have kids and buy a house. This is it? And I go to work 9 to 5 every day? This is it? I was restless. And I was, you're like, Pastor Joe, that sounds pretty good. To most people, it is good to them. But for me, it wasn't good enough because I'm like, I want my life to count. I want my life to have purpose. I want my life to have meaning. It's got to be more than the nine to five and the paycheck. Don't get me wrong. I love my wife. I don't even, I hadn't even met her yet. There's got to be more than just getting a paycheck, buying a car and expecting that to be your freedom. There's more than just getting the paycheck and buying the latest iPhone or Droid. There's got to be more than just getting the paycheck and buying the AirPods. There's got to be more than just going to the newest restaurant that Owensboro is going to open and probably close in about six months and go eat there. You guys realize that, right? Restaurants open and close quick around here sometimes. Am I making sense? 
you are on a you are on mission and the mission is real. Pastor Darrell, how do I know? Jeremiah 33 3 changed my life, high school seniors. And if you haven't heard me say it, you haven't been listening. It says, Call out unto me, God, and I will answer you, and I will show you great and mighty hidden things that you don't know. I don't know about you, but there's a lot I didn't know in middle school. There's a lot I didn't know in high school. There's a, certainly a lot I didn't know in college. It didn't get any better. I can say I'm educated. I have a bachelor's degree. I have tons of uh, theological education on top of that. I have website education. I'm a graphic designer. I've got all these things, but it wasn't enough. But I called out unto God and <laughs> answer me and show me great and mighty hidden things that you don't know. See, here's the thing. If there's one thing the enemy can do, if there's one thing Satan wants to do in your life, it's to get you busy. It's to distract you. If he can't destroy you, he will kill you. And if he can't kill you, he will steal from you. John 10.10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I've come, and I've come to give you life, and life to the complete maximum full. Who likes a full McDonald's cup when you get that large Coke? Let's give God glory for that full Coke at McDonald's. Come on, we're not lying. Okay, if it helps you, it could be Starbucks. Who likes all that coffee going all the way to the top? Starbucks. Oh, I don't like it when they give me that slightly under the lid business. That's bull hockey. <laughs> That's trash. I was going to say something else. Not, no, it's not what you think. So the thing is, who likes that to the full? That's Jesus. He wants to give you to the full and even more so. You're like, Pastor Darrell, I can relate to that. Here's the thing. You're on a mission. The mission is real. But the enemy has come to distract you, to get you busy. How does he do that? You're on your cell phone all the time. you got activity after activity after activity. Pastor Darrell, all activity is bad. No. Staying up and playing six hours of video games. I'm not going to say that's bad, but if it's every night or five times a week, I don't know. I'm going to question whether or not you're really living life on mission. Pastor Darrell, I love playing video games. I do too. But after about an hour and a half, I'm two, maybe two hours, I'm done. I need a break. <laughs> Pastor Darrell, that's weak sauce. Maybe. Maybe. Kobe's like, that's weak. Here's the thing. The devil wants to distract you from your destiny. And he'll do it any way he possibly can. Seniors, your relationship with Jesus is good today. But one and two, college uh, students by the second semester abandon their faith. Some people, I would say their high school senior year, they fall into that category. You're going to experience some setbacks, people. There's going to be setbacks. What kind of setbacks? You're going to be disappointed. Jesus says when trouble comes, not if. Jesus doesn't promise you the perfect life. What? That doesn't mean he doesn't want to bless you. It doesn't mean he's not good. It doesn't mean he doesn't have good things for you. But not everything is going to go peachy. Think about your life for a moment. What do you dream about? What do you dream about? Holy Spirit really wrecked me recently when I was sitting in a tree for a couple hours. And he said, Daryl, you don't dream anymore. I was like, oh my, I'm going to be honest. I started crying. You know why? Because he was right. 
And that led to a conversation with the Lord over many, many hours. Really good stuff. Pastor Gerald, you talk to the Holy Spirit? You talk to God? Yes. He talks to you too all the time. Could you be too distracted to hear him? Could you be too distracted right now to even hear what I'm saying? Somebody's already thinking about candy and the stuff at the cafe. Somebody's thinking about Taco Bell. Here's the thing. Just put it on the back burner. What, what kind of setbacks? Life just doesn't happen. Money falls through. Scholarships fall through. Friends bail. Friends that you were friends with six months ago or a year, you're not friends anymore. What happened? Good question. Relationships end. People don't believe you or take you at your word. They don't trust you. That job you wanted went to somebody else. That girl that you're wanting to date, some other guy got to her first. Ladies, that guy you're eyeballing, Camille, that guy you're eyeballing, somebody else already got to him. Sorry, girl. Just kidding. I mean, if that really happened, I'm sorry. Never know. Here's the thing. Everybody say, I'm going to have setbacks. You're going to have setbacks. Even Jesus had a setback. Here we go. Even Jesus had a setback. And you know what? Jesus is the son of God, and he, he, he sees beginning to end. Jesus knew he would go to the cross. Jesus knew he was going to die. Jesus knew that Judas was going to betray him, but he let Judas hang around him for three years. If I knew Trayson over here was going to betray me, would I let him hang with me for three years and then wait for him to the exact day I know he's going to do it? By the way, I hope you wouldn't do that to me, bro. I wouldn't do that to you. He's like, I don't know. I'm thinking about it. I'm just kidding. That's the thing. Jesus had setbacks. Here it is. John chapter 6. If you got a Bible. Anybody actually have a physical Bible at home? Okay. I'm going to tell you right now. You're going to need your Bible this summer. John 6, here's what it says. Jesus says, I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you cannot have eternal life within you. What? Let's look at that again. Huh? Go back. Let's rewind it. Back. First verse. That's it? Okay, sorry. I was so busy looking at the scripture, I wasn't looking at the top. Sorry, guys. Blah, 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 blah. So Jesus said, I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you cannot have eternal life within you. Huh? So Jesus is a vampire? You mean that, you mean that twilight stuff is real? Just kidding. It's not what he means. By the way, Jesus does not mean literally eating his body. He does not literally mean drink his blood. That is not cool. I don't care what vampire story you read. It's sick. It's weird. There's no flavor to it. Don't ask. Just kidding. I'm playing. I really am playing. Somebody says, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you can't have eternal life within you. But he says, anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. I will raise that person at the last day. Jesus is saying, hey, my body is going to be given up and broken for you. My blood is going to be given up and shed. Every ounce of blood is going to come out of his body because he loves you and he loves me. And he says, I'm going to raise him up in the last day. When time is over and everything in this earth passes away, Jesus is going to raise us up, and we're going to stand before God and give him an account for our life. He says, for my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood, there's that key word. If anybody remembers me preaching about a month ago, that key word, remain. Jesus says, I will remain in you if you remain in me. 
A lot of people love to not remain in Jesus, and they're expecting Jesus to remain in them. But they have left Jesus, not the other way around. Jesus is not in the failure business at all. Jesus has not failed you. Jesus has not abandoned you. What you've bought into, if that's true, is a complete and utter lie and deception. Which, by the way, I stink and hate deception. Verse 59, Jesus says all these things while he was teaching in the synagogue. He's literally like a guy like me telling this to everybody. So that means they trusted Jesus enough to preach and to teach to people. Not only did they follow him because of his miracles, but they believed and trusted what he said. Right? Then it says, many of his disciples said, this is very hard to understand. How can anyone accept it? Look to your neighbor and say, huh? So it says, Jesus was aware that his disciples were complaining. It actually says they're offended. So he said to them, does this offend you? When the, you get into the Greek of the word offend, it means it's a scandal. If you had a middle school scandal, what would that look like? What would be the level of a scandal in middle school or high school? A scandal is kind of like, hmm, I'm trying to think of a scandal. Um, let's say somebody sent nude photos to someone and then they passed it to everyone in the school. It has happened before. That's kind of scandalous, right? Or if somebody embezzled uh, millions of dollars and t stole all the money, that would be a scandal, right? This is on that kind of level according to them in their heart. He's offended them. Has Jesus ever offended you? Can I ask you a question? Have I ever offended you? I have offended you. Who said that? Here's the thing. Have you offended somebody in this room? Did Jesus really say something that offensive? You're going to eat my flesh. You're going to drink my blood. It's not like he said their mom wears combat boots or their dad is a shoots, I don't know, I was about to say like in the sandlot, they say you throw like a girl. That used to be an insult. Some of you guys got some arms. Don't be flexing. But he says, does that offend you? What will you think if the Son of Man ascends to heaven? Okay, I'm going to skip down. Jesus says in verse 64, some of you don't believe me. For Jesus knew from the beginning which ones didn't believe. He knew who would betray him. Then he said, that is why... I said that people can't come to me unless the Father gives them to me. At this point, they says the many of the disciples turned away and deserted and abandoned him. Jesus turns to the 12 and says, are you going to leave me too? Do you guys catch that? Jesus has all kinds of disciples. In fact, depending on what scholar you ask, you could say hundreds or more. We're following Jesus until this very teaching. The moment Jesus challenges them, the moment Jesus tells them the truth, the moment Jesus even tells of what to come, and the moment they don't like it, they turn their back on him. Do you see how important this is? You think you don't have setbacks. Jesus just had all these people who were all in, and they just turned their back on him because they didn't like what he said. You may not like what I'm saying sometimes, and that's fine. But at the end of the day, I love you, and I'm trying to protect you, and I'm here to love you as a father in the faith. 
my wife doing the, as a mother in the faith, these leaders loving you as spiritual mentors in your life. That's who we are. I was really going to get into the five stages of grief because I could only imagine what Jesus went through when they left him. Jesus, by the way, Jesus was not surprised, but he's like, are you going to leave me too? How many people, when Jesus has asked more of you or challenged you, maybe a pastor's wanting to help you grow and you don't want to do it because you don't like it. I'm going to tell you, you're going to have coaches, you're going to have teachers, you might even have parents, you're going to have even youth pastors, you're going to have pastors and spiritual leaders, you're going to have bosses that are going to tell you things you don't like and you've got to decide. You've got to decide. Am I going to be offended by this or am I going to come under it? Because Jesus, hey, his friends bailed on him. He only had 12 left and technically he only had 11 because he knew Judas was going to turn his back on him in a matter of time. For every 12 people, there's probably a Judas in the room. Don't do the math and don't count. See, the devil wants you to take what Jesus says and he wants to twist it. He wants you to not think clearly. He wants you to get all in your feelings and get offended and not listen to him and not listen to anybody representing him. Does this make sense? Seniors, this is really for you, but this is also for middle schoolers. They don't know it, but it's for them. Last point. Don't abort the mission. Stay on target. Anybody seen Star Wars? Episode 4, A New Hope. If you haven't seen that, your homework tonight is to pull it up on Disney Plus and watch Star Wars Episode 4, A New Hope. When they're getting ready to attack the Death Star and send those missiles down and to blow that freaking thing up, you know what they say? They got three guys, they got two or three guys ready to go down that trench. Stay on target. Stay on target. Stay on target. And this one dude's like, I can't shake him. And he's all freaking out. And he ends up... He got a little shaky. He got a little nervous. He started freaking out, and he started to abort, and he was wigging out, and he got blown up. Pastor Darrell, are you saying somebody's going to blow me up in the Death Star Trench? Yes! No, I'm kidding. Somebody's like, I don't know what he's talking about, but I hope that doesn't happen to me. Here's the deal. Don't abort the mission. Remember, you have a mission. It's real. Time is short. But you're going to have setbacks. Setbacks are literally going to be the precipice on whether or not you continue or you give up and quit. I've had friends leave me. I could have quit living. I could have wanted to die. My parents, again, that story last week, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but there were parts of me that were super depressed and super sad. There were parts of me that wanted to die. I remember walking the hallways of Apollo High School wondering if my life had value. I said Apollo. You might be in here and be depressed. The devil's either, you're either giving to what he's, he's selling you, and what he's selling is trash. God comes to give you hope. Don't abort the mission. Stay on target. Jesus Christ in Hebrews 13, 8 says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The world's going to change on you. The world will change. A hundred years ago, homosexuality was not acceptable. 
sensitive subject. I remember when stealing something was wrong. Stealing something is wrong. By the way, homosexuality, if that offends you, let me just clarify, God loves everyone. But at the end of the day, as a minister of the gospel, sin is sin. Homosexuality is no different than another sin that's heterosexual sin. It's the same as uh, literally not honoring your mom and your dad. It's still a sin, and sin is what separates from God, and sin is wrong. We went over the Ten Commandments from January to February. Last week we talked about how somebody can like Snickers and I like Reese's and we can disagree, but I can still love you. We live in a culture where if you disagree, you're a hater. You're drinking the haterade, and that's just not true. I can disagree. You can disagree, and we can still love and respect one another. The world is always changing what it thinks is right. You have some people in the room that think aborting a baby is wrong. And you've got some that think, well, a woman should have a right to choose. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter what I think or what you think. It matters what God thinks. And what's he think? Most people think they know what God thinks and they don't because they've never read this. Everybody's out there ready to tell me what God says and what he thinks. Everybody's out there ready to tell me who God is and what he really does. And they don't even know this book. And if you don't know the book, you got nothing to talk about. So if you don't believe me and you don't believe somebody else, read it for yourself. Get to know the God of the universe. Get to know your heavenly father. Get to know the person named Jesus who gave his life for you and literally was buried in a tomb, died for you, and he rose from the dead for you because that's how much he loves you. His body was broken and beaten so that we could be loved eternally and be with God forever. The devil wants us to lose sight of the mission, and the mission is Jesus. Don't abort the mission. Stay on target. Period. God is looking out for you. He's protecting you. That's who he is. God is a protective father looking out for you. He's got your back. When Jalen got injured at a camp a couple years ago, I'm, he's literally being air flown because he has a brain bleed and he's about to die. Only two other people know about this at all. And I'm trying to have a camp right here on this property, like just in a fog because I am so grieved that one of my students' life is on the line. We're trying to play ultimate frisbee and have fun, and in the back of my mind, I'm like, is he going to live or is he going to die? I remember being back in that media booth, and God's voice spoke to me so clearly. He said, I got your back. I got your back. And I just began to weep, and I got wrecked, and Pastor Mike was back there. He didn't know what was going on, but he knows what happens when you get wrecked. Jalen's alive today. Praise God. You know why? Because he's got an assignment. He's got a mission. He's got a life to live for purpose. Stay on target. So, Pastor Darrell, so what? Everybody say, so what? My point is not to go long. If you think this is not for you, get over it. It's for somebody else, okay? So, 
So what, Pastor Darrell? Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for good, not for disaster, to give you a future and to give you a hope. The Lord has good plans for you. He has hope for you. He has a future for you. He has the very best for you. Will you trust him with it? See, some of you guys don't have any grit. You need to have some grit. And grit is to have passion about something and be committed. We love to quit something the moment it gets hard. The world is going to hate you because you belong to Jesus. Well, Pastor Darrell, this walking with Jesus is hard. People are making fun of me. They don't like me. I've mentioned Jesus or church to them, and they, they, they don't like it. I get it. I get it because I was there once. I feel you. I'm there. I I walked the same hallways. I remember I talked to Jesus so much, people hated me. I didn't get it then. (laughs) It's either him or it's you. Which one is it? Is the mission about you? Is the mission about your happiness? I'm not saying you can't be happy and walk with Jesus, but what's it really about? The launch? Seniors? Middle schoolers getting ready to go to high school? It's just going to get more real. It's just going to get more real. We need grit, people. Passion, commitment equals endurance. In this life, guys, your mission needs endurance. But God's plans are good for you. A hope and a future. Bow your heads. Let's pray for a moment. You're good. Is Jesus asking more of you? Remember, you're not of this world. Do you think Jesus has abandoned you or failed you? Last week I talked about how we don't downplay things in our life because as I discovered decades later that apparently things that happened to me at 11 had a profound impact on me at the, at the age I am now. And I had no clue. I mean, I had a clue. I just didn't realize some of that stuff was still in my heart. It's still in me and affecting how I think and how I choose and how, how I trust people. Someone's in the room right now and they're having a hard time trusting God and that's because people in their life have failed them and disappointed them. But God has never failed you. You feel like he's failing you? Ha, he's right on time. Heavenly Father, let's take just a moment. If you're in the room right now, and like some of this is speaking to you, with every head bowed and every eye closed and nobody looking around, please be respectful before we break out in squads. I'm not worried about the time.
This is the end of one season, getting ready to move into another. So I have to make sure we cover this. You're in the room right now, and you say, Pastor Darrell, what you're talking about, this mission and having purpose and value, like that speaks to me, that, that like really resonates with me with every head bowed, every eye closed.